0: All right, well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. How's New Life Church? Everybody good? Good to see you. I'm sure you're, you're better than I am, so that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, listen, let's turn our attention to the screen. We're, we're continuing with our Advent series called The Gifts of Christmas, and today we're going to be talking and unwrapping the gift of love. So let's check out our opener today. And the gifts of Christmas. Let me ask you to turn to the Word of God today. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, and then we're going to look also in the book of Romans chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 3, these will also be on the screen, so you can follow along as well. Ephesians 3.17 says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Make his home. ...in her heart. says, your roots will grow down into God's love... ...and will keep you strong. He says, and may you have the power... ...to understand... ...as all God's people should... ...how wide... ...how long... ...how high... ...and how deep... ...his love is. Such... ...graphic... ...description... Not just His love, but how deep and how long and how high and how wide. Verse 19, it says, this is a prayer of Paul's. He says, "And I pray, may you experience, can you guys say experience? May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, and then you will be made complete. How many of you want your lives complete? I mean, really. No broken pieces, no missing pieces. No gaps in our heart. No scars on our soul. Whole. Complete. It says you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Let's look at Romans 5. Verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by Faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And because of our faith, notice that, not our works, not our good deeds, not because we're smart enough or rich enough or good enough, but our faith, because of our faith, Christ... Has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Did you catch that? Undeserved privilege, where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse three: We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. I'm going to talk about problems and trials at Christmas time. Says for we know that. Those problems and trials, they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts ...with His love. Can everyone say... ...love? Let's pray. Father, we are... ...grateful to be here today. Thankful to be above the ground... ...and not down in it. Thankful that we have breath in our lungs... ...for which you say... ...praise you with... ...and praise you from. That we do today... ...recognizing the special aspect of this season. And now as we sit to hear and to receive from your word, I pray and ask that you would bless it and honor it. You would make it come alive in our hearts and our ears and in our minds. Wherever there's a missing place, there's a disconnect between us and you and your word. Now, at this moment in time, bridge it. Bring it together. Make it make sense. We honor you and we give you thanks for today. Because you love us. And you have a special purpose for each and every one of our lives. We ask this now in Jesus' name. And everybody here can say amen and amen. Wow, what would Christmas be like without Christmas songs? Probably didn't think I would say that, did you? Or Christmas carols. Everybody, does anybody have like a, you've got your favorite, you just love to hear, love to play? Yeah. Maybe, how about your favorite movies? Yeah. Elf? Yeah. White Christmas? Heard that one? Yeah. About uh, miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the old one and the newer one. <laughs> well, songs too, man. Songs are fun. Music is powerful, just in its in and of itself. Music is a powerful force that just seems to cause our souls to move in ways that we didn't know was were possible. But I want to play a little song with you this morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, play a little game. I mean, play a little game with you this morning. I'm gonna name a a, a few little phrases out of a song see who can who can tell me i have no like gift to give you if you get it right or anything like that <laughs> um so let's see let's see who can who can do this I, i'm i'm not singing it i'm just saying it <laughs> we're snuggled up together like two birds of a feather would be You, it's in this verse you just said. We're snuggled up together like two birds of a feather would be. Slay ride. Who said sleigh ride? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. How about this one? When we, when we finally kiss goodnight, how I hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, all the way home I'll be warm. This side's kicking y'all's tail. Let it snow. There he is, the author, the writer, the man, the living legend, Tony. Let it snow. Who wants it to snow this Christmas? Anybody? Don't ask Grandma Betty because she will say no. She's not here today, but she will say no. Here's another one. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents under the tree. That's right. That's right. Good thing this isn't a competition. Did you have it over here? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just hard of hearing on my left side. My left side has been traumatized. <laughs> like my whole life, you know, it just this whole left side has been traumatized. Here's the a, here's a, here's a last one here. It says, in the meadow we can build a snowman and pretend that he is Parson Brown. Already, yeah, he'll say, are you married? We'll say, but you can do the later on. (laughs) You got it. Hey, I think we got our Christmas choir already. (laughs) All of you, all of you, you get to be a part of the Christmas choir. (laughs) Awesome, yeah. But did you catch the theme in, in those songs? Love. That's right. That's right. In, in 2014, uh, an American, uh, in the 2014 American Wedding, Wedding Study conducted by Brides Magazine, I didn't read it, I looked it up. <laughs> I've already been there. Uh, researchers found that 19% of all engagements occur in December. It's a lot, making December the most popular month to get engaged. Probably thought Valentine's Day was was up there, but check this out. What's the most popular day to pop the question? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Data released by Facebook... Be careful what you put on Facebook last year... ...showed that Christmas Eve is the most popular day to get engaged... ...followed by Christmas Day... New Year's Day and then Valentine's Day. Yeah. How about that? But you know what? Love has really been a part of God's story. Really, it is God's story from the beginning. From the beginning. Think about it. God's love was with Adam and Eve when he created them, fashioned and formed them. He said, Let us create man in our image, in our likeness, gave them a purpose. ...gives us a purpose. God's love was even with Noah and his family. Saving them from the flood... ...giving them a clean, fresh start. Aren't you glad for a second chance? Come on, come on, in anything. Aren't you glad for for a do-over? and Let God just wipe the slate clean? That's God's love. Even throughout the entire Old Testament... as, ...as rough and tough as some of it sounds... ...and you read about and you hear about... God's love was shown even through the commandments and through the law because in that He provided a way for His people to be atoned for their sin and so that they could stay connected to Him. God wants humans to be connected to Him. And it's His love that does that. Turn the page into the New Testament. It was love that turned the world upside down and inside out. Love. Love through His Son. He sent His one and His only Son, Jesus Christ. Think about it. The God of the universe stepping down from the throne, coming into this world to be born as a baby, to die on a cross, to rise from the grave. What would cause that to happen? Love. Love is Love is powerful. It, 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 that, it's that love, it was that love that, that God sent and God gave this world that disrupted and, and overturned the power of death and evil. Love conquers all of those things. But here's the thing about the story of God and His love. It's not just a story about feeling. As much as we like to feel, it's really a story about action. It's a story about action. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the second gift of Christmas, the gift of love in this Advent season. There's the word again, Advent. We opened up with that last week. and Advent, what does Advent mean? This, the word itself means coming or arrival. And it, it marks... This season is marked by an expectation, a, a longing, a waiting, and an anticipation of something. Not just Christmas gifts as much as uh, a lot of our young ones like. And I don't know anyone who doesn't like to receive a gift. I mean, some of us might be a little bashful about it, but really, come on, really inside, come on, deep in our heart. Everybody likes to receive something. So there's anticipation, there's longing. But this season, this Advent season of, of waiting and longing is, is really also about dis- rediscovering, rediscovering the coming of our Savior. Because, come on, through life, the, o- the longer we're around, sometimes we tend to forget. Sometimes we, 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 we tend to we fail to remember what this whole reason is all about, what the purpose of this season is all about. It, it, it's really not in the commercialism of this season. A lot of money's made, billions of dollars are made, all kinds of stuff like that. But really, what it's really about, it's the coming of our Savior. It's about gaining an even greater and deeper understanding and, an, and experiencing the power of the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. So what do we do with this gift, though? What do we do with it? It's there. It exists. We're told about it. We read about it. We hear about it. We sing about it. We watch movies about it. What do we do with this gift of love? Well, as we read in our opening scriptures in Ephesians 3 and Romans 5, in those scriptures that teaches us a few things about what to do with the gift of God's love. Number one is this, is it teaches us to accept His love. Accept his love. John 3, 16. Most could quote it, right? Most can say it. From the earliest of ages, we we learned that that verse. But here's the thing I, I, I feel like sometimes happens, is that we become so familiar with this verse that it loses its power in our hearts. It just is a familiar thing. We can recite it. But I think a lot of times, if we don't slow down enough, we miss the core meaning. In fact, this verse is the core message of our faith. Let's look at it. It's on the screen. John three sixteen. For God loved the world so much. God loved the world so much. So God loves so much, deeply, passionately, inexhaustibly, God's love. He loves the world, you and I, so much that what did he do? He gave. What did he give? He gave his one and his only son. What does that tell us? That God does not have a bunch of extra sons out of himself. Oh, what's one going to hurt me? No, he gave out of himself his one and his only son. His one and only son, which means this, he gave his best. He gave his best. How many of you know what it's like to really give your best at something? Pretty sure most. In some ways of others, on our job, in our home, in our marriage, with our kids, in a hobby, whatever it might be. In our sleep, giving our best sleep. I mean, we work hard at that. We give our best to something, it feels good, right? God, to him, it felt good to give his best... ...as hurtful and as painful as it was... ...yet he, he knew what his gift was going to bring back to him... ...and what it was going, his gift to the world would bring. God gave his best. God loves the world so much that he gave his one and his only son... ...so that everyone who believes in him... ...I love that everyone, other translations may say... ...whosoever, anyone everyone the good news is that covers everybody on the face of this planet it covers the good and the bad and the ugly it covers the, the deepest part of all of humanity right in the center of our hearts whoever believes in him and that word the key catch word there is believe except to believe in him Not just in in head knowledge, but the Bible does teach us to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, but also to believe in our heart. So it's believing in head and believing in our heart. And what is it that that carries on some deeper connotation as well when we believe in him, when we accept him. It It means this, it means to rely upon him. It means to commit our life to him. It means to trust in him. And it means to follow Him. Follow Him. For God loves the world so much that He gave His one and His only Son that whoever accepts, whoever believes, whoever relies on, trusts in, follows, commits to, what? Will not perish. Not maybe not, not possibly not. Not mm, not, no, will, not guaranteed, will, not perish. Perish, meaning you live forever, but you're going to live with pain, suffering, agony. Forever, it never stops. Never stops. Think about the, any pain you have in your life, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional. Think about that. Not believing in him, not accepting him, guarantees that you will perish for the rest of your life. Not just this life, forever. But those who believe, those who accept, will not perish, but will have what? Eternal life. Meaning we're gonna live, you will live forever. You believe in Him, you accept Him, you follow Him, you trust Him. With your life, guess what? You'll live forever without pain, without suffering. Think about your worst tragedy. Think about your worst offense, grievance in your life. Think about your worst hurt, your worst hang-up in your life. God promises it'll never follow you again. What power can cause that to come to pass? God's power of love, right? God's power of love. But here's the thing. The first thing you and I, we have to do is, is accept... His love, but here's the thing about that. It's so basic, so basic that it's easy to overlook. Accepting His love. Notice I said basic and not easy. Why? Because we're in different places. Sometimes, you and I, the thing that can keep us from truly accepting that fact, that truth of God's powerful love, is we feel unlovable. feel unlovable sometimes feel unworthy why would god want me maybe you've been burned by human love maybe you've allowed the perception of real love to be tainted by your hurt of human love that you just can't seem to find that you could trust that maybe something is greater out there or maybe maybe you think you think, well, you just really don't know what I've done. Maybe you think you don't know who I am. You don't know me. Maybe you think you don't really know what I've done. You don't know what I'm capable of doing. You don't know the types of habits and hang-ups and the hurts and the, and the betrayals and the messes I have going on in my life. Maybe you don't really know the secret thoughts that go on in here that I don't share with anybody. You don't really know that you, guess what, you're absolutely right. I don't know. But I know the one who does. I know the one who does, and he offers us hope that we talked about last week, and he promises love. And the love that God offers is in Jesus Christ. It's not about, hear me now, it's not about being perfect up front. It's not about getting all your ducks in a row. It's not about cleaning your own life up and then come to Jesus. No, it's accepting Him where you are, as you are. You see, no matter the challenges or the, or the hurts... ...that you've got going on. I want to tell you this, God's love... ...God's love can handle every challenge that you face. God's love can handle and heal every hurt... ...that you and I have in our heart, in our life. I know maybe right now, since some of us... ...in the natural mind of things, we're just thinking naturally... ...how is it even possible that that can happen? i got to tell you, if you will just believe it... ...and you will accept it, God's love will change... Wherever you are, I want to tell you, God knows where you are. He knows exactly where you are, and He understands. He understands. Now, I get it. It's it's not fair sometimes to be where we are. It's not fair sometimes to have certain things happen to us. But it does not remove the fact that God is there, God understands, God knows, and God's love is willing and able to reach out to you. As it says how wide, and how long, and how high, and how deep. Wide enough to hold you. Long enough to reach you. High enough to keep you. Deep enough to sustain you. I believe Paul had to write from some kind of thought like that... ...that gave him the ability to try to describe... The the that God's love—it's not—it's love, love and of itself is powerful. But God, Paul trying to add how wide and how long and how high and how deep God's love is for you and I. So I encourage you, wherever you are today, accept it, accept God's love for your life. Put your faith in it, because here's the thing: God's love will not disappoint you. Others. Other people's love will, we're human, we're going we're to fracture one another, we're going to hurt one another, not necessarily always on purpose, it just happens. Man, I hate when that happens, don't you? I hate when I hurt other people. And I don't like it when I get hurt. Here's the thing, God's love is the only love that will truly change and heal any hurt in us. The scripture also teaches us this. It's not just accept his love. Those opening scriptures in Ephesians 3 and Romans 5, those are real words, words of life, words of liberty, words of hope, written from true, true, real people. They teach us this too, experience his love. We're also called to experience his love recently read in an online devotional by a minister, Joe McGee, said this. He said, natural studies and surveys have proven that people who have great relationships live happier, healthier, and longer lives than those who don't. Having relationships with others, he says, keeps us energized and engaged. Having people in our lives that we can love and then in return be loved by them. Friend, the human heart aches for love. Aches for love. I don't care who you are. Inside of every human being is a heart. Oh, it might be covered up. It might be dirty. It might be hard. It might be stone cold. ...but it wants love. Oh, it wants love. It wants love, and it wants to give love. It wants to give love. The two greatest commandments in the Bible. Jesus said these two hinge on all the other commandments. You can take all of them, and the prophets, the law together... ...hinges on these two. Love God, I'm shorten it. Love God and love people. loving God, loving people, the common denominator there is relationship. Thus relationships have the power to equal an experience of love. You and I, let me tell you, you and I, the world we're created for relationship. We crave it. I know sometimes we we want to run from it. Sometimes we a lot of us maybe we we've spent our life trying to run from it, trying to not really have too many people around us. Just a couple just a few, because we're afraid of what people really think of us. And we don't really want people to know how we really are. Right? Yeah, I'll answer for you. Because it's the same for me too. I get it. I know it. But man, when I choose to open up my heart and open up my life and let others in and, and, and let that love come to me and it gives me an opportunity to feel that, And experience that love, it also gives me a chance to reciprocate and give love back. And then also, here's a real test. When we don't get love from other people, will our hearts still reach out and love? Because, hey, Jesus said it, the two greatest commandments, love God, okay, woo, I can do that. Love people, dang it, that's the hard one right? You following me? And I know this time of year, guys, I get it. I know we can all... It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get distracted by everything we got to get done. Seems like the days get shorter, and the list gets longer, and the demands get greater. Got to get this in, got to get this in, got to have this done, got to have that done. And it's a lot. I get it. And it can create some issues for us. And, and it's, it's real easy, too, to see the headlines and to read and to hear and see the news and the different things going on about our world, about our country, and different things that go on. That we, It makes us question, can love really overcome darkness? Can love really overcome hate? I mean, sad stuff going on just this week. Couple of road rage incidences on the national news, man. People wrecking their cars up on one another. And Those are nice cars. On purpose, like the demolition derby. I have no idea what it was about, but really, was it that? Was it worth it? And then the and then that one lady. It was I think it was a female lady. Forgive me if it was a man, okay? But the person, I'll just keep it gender neutral. It was a person driving. And um, they ran over the fire hydrant when they were leaving. As if it was bad enough, you got the person you hit, now you got a fire hydrant you done ran over. Thought you, maybe you might get away with it, but not now. <laughs> there she blows. You're like, my goodness. And then a former NFL player, road rage. Shot, and you're like, where, how, when can can this turn around? Friends, God's love can do it. God's love can turn lives around. God's love is powerful enough to turn us all around. Let's look at this Romans eight. All that stuff was real, all that stuff matters, but here's what really matters that has the life change. Paul, again, Romans 8, 38, this is so, so good. Paul says, are you guys awake? Okay, he says, and I am convinced. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And Paul saw some stuff in his day and time. Paul was one of the antagonizers of Christians. Paul was one of the ones who was filled with hate. Paul was one of the ones who was a religious zealot... ...and thought he was perfect and better than everybody else. But Paul's life got rocked... ...and his life got turned upside down... ...by the love of God. By the love of God. He says, I am convinced that nothing... What a, what a statement! Convinced? Anybody ever been convinced about something in your life? I'm sure you all have. All of us have been convinced about some things. But have you really? Have we really been convinced about God's love? If we just knew how much God loves us, right? If we just knew it, we really, 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 really knew it. We wouldn't act so foolish. Right? We wouldn't act so selfish. We wouldn't be so mean sometimes. I'm not talking to anybody here. I'm just having a message with the Lord to myself. We wouldn't be so short. Not in stature, but in patience. We wouldn't be so greedy. Right? We wouldn't be so jealous. We wouldn't be so quick to talk about somebody... ...or judge somebody, right? If we really, really, really grasp this love... ...Paul said it, I am convinced... ...nobody's going to change my mind... ...ain't nobody going to turn me around on this... No, don't, ...don't bother arguing me this... ...Paul said, I am convinced... ...that nothing can ever separate us from God's love... ...here it is, neither death nor life. How about that? Neither angels nor demons. Here's one that brings it home. Neither fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Paul went deep on that one. He went way deep on that. Not even the powers of hell can do it. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation. There he it. He just puts it all right there. Blanket. Nothing in all creation. Not a thing, he said. Whatever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord what a statement what a phrase what a verse what a scripture what a promise from God himself I'm convinced that nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus then friend what do you and I have to worry about really, I mean, really, He can fix whatever's broken in us. He can heal whatever hurt happens to us. And here's this, He can forgive every single misstep in our life. We have to accept it, but here's also we gotta experience it. God's love is, is for the is to be experienced. This is powerful love. The more here's the thing, the more you and I fully embrace and experience God's love, the more we are changed. Because there are always deeper things and fresher ways and fresher experiences to God's love. Here's the thing, it's inexhaustible. Maybe maybe for however many years you've been knowing God, serving God, experiencing His love, here's the deal. There's so much more that you and I have not yet experienced. Because you and I cannot exhaust God's love. You and I can't hide from it, can't run from it. He's going to do all he can to put somebody in your path to cause something to happen for us to not look in but to look up. So we are called to embrace it, called to experience it. Experience His love. The power of the relationship of God's love in a human heart changes the purpose and the destiny for which you and I were created for. But how long will we hang on to whatever it is we hang on to? From fear, to hurt, to habit, to hang up, to excuse, to the past, to our present condition. How long will we hang on to it? And stop embracing what God has for us. His love. So, accept it. I get it. It's basic. It, it, it just sounds too, too simple. Accept it? What? Accept it. Like if I just gave you my phone. And you're like, really? You want to give me your phone? And I'm telling you this phone will change everything about you. That's what they say. That's what they want us to believe. But just think this, if I gave it to you, what good is this to you if you don't accept it? But then if you, do, you take it, you accept it, oh, it's sweet, it's awesome. But if you just stick it in your back pocket, but you don't ever do anything with it. You realize, oh, whoa, the screen comes alive. There's an app for that? I <laughs> didn't know that. That's cool. Have you seen what this thing can do? Right? That's how we were like 10 years ago when this thing came out. Whoa! This changed my life, man. Think about it, you accept it, and you put it in your pocket, you don't do anything with it. What good is it? You gotta taste it. You gotta touch it, you gotta hold it, you gotta work through it. You gotta, you gotta thumb through it or slide through it and realize. Oh, I'm taking a video. Whoops. <laughs> realize, oh, this is cool. You know, take a You can take selfies, and this is not probably good for me to do. I can't even get myself in the darn thing. (laughs) Let's see. Let's figure this out. I probably should have, like, thought about this before I did it. There we go. (gasps) (sighs) Selfie. Instagram it. (laughs) Tweet it. Facebook it. Tony's, like, the master at this stuff. He'll save my life here in a little bit and actually write something good about the message. Because <laughs> he's, my, he's my word savior, man. <laughs> he's so good at this. I'm telling you what. All the stuff you see about our church on Facebook, Tony. Tyrone. Tyrone. Experience. Why does he do that? So you can experience. So the world, those who would so follow us, can experience it, right? Is there anybody in our path that's experiencing God's love through you? Which leads us to the final thought. God's love is also to be shared. Shared. You know, the gift of God's love is not meant to just ha- keep it to ourselves. Oh, this is awesome. This is, this is so good to me. Shared experience. Why do, you th- why do you think people post pictures? Why do you think people write about it? Why do you think people put videos out there because it's a shared... They want people to have a shared experience. They want the world to experience what they are experiencing and the flip side happens too the hurting want to hurt people but god wants to heal people and he wants to change your story from hurting others to helping others god's love is to be shared let's look at this final verse first john first john first john 4 verse 9 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his son, his one and only son, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Verse 11, he says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other, right? So God showed his love by sharing his love. And the writer here says, hey, because God loved us, we're loved by God, we surely ought to love others, meaning we should also share this love with other people, right? 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 Yeah. I know. You're ready for me to be done. Okay. I get it. God's love comes to us. But also flows through us. Did you catch that? How easily is God's love flowing through us? What does that look like for you this season? What does it look like for you this season to share God's love? Maybe maybe it's just simple, spending quality time with family. Instead of piling up our calendars and our to-do list, we just sit as I kind of have to. Maybe it's reconnecting with a friend. that's drifted away, maybe even drifted away from the faith. It's Just a, maybe a Christmas card, a letter, a note, a phone call, an invite to coffee, dinner, whatever. Maybe it's serving others, neighbors and strangers, in some way, a way that you know you can actually do it. maybe it's seeking out someone who is maybe lonely or hurting young people there's teenagers all over your schools who are hurting who are lonely and instead of joining the group that like talks about them and flips them off behind their back and puts signs on their back and knocks stuff out of their hands or rejects them at lunch. You know what would be the most powerful thing, and you may get made fun of it for doing it. Go sit with them. Maybe just go up to them and say, "Hey, man," or "Hey, girl." Love what you're wearing today. Or if you're a dude, you shouldn't say that to another dude. But you're like, "Oh, I love the cool. I love your shoes, man." When you're at work, and I know you got got your, your focus, you're trying to do your job, it just might be that person on your floor, in your warehouse, in your office. You just need to be reassured that they matter. I think we've, for too long, I think the Christian church has taken it Made it too hard to just be too nice. Kindness. Gentleness. Fruits of the Spirit. You don't have to be some, some crazy Holy Ghost soldier where you just got it all going on. You just need to know God's love touched you. God's love impacted you. Be nice to somebody. Right? Maybe maybe what it looks like for us, for some of you this season, is forgiving somebody who's hurt you. Don't go through another Christmas holding on to unforgiveness. Unwrap love and give it. Or maybe it's just simply apologizing to somebody who has hurt you. You don't have to go three hour tour like Gilligan's Island and walk all the way through it backwards and forwards and rehearse it and this and that. Just say you know what? I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I thought that. I'm sorry we, this happened. Simple. What does it look like for us this season to share the love of God? Maybe, maybe it's, it's partnering and giving in the Christmas blessing if you, if you haven't done so or thought maybe I can't. I, I'm down to bare bones. There are endless ways for you and I to share God's love with people this season. Maybe it would just be to take this one of these little invite cards and give it to somebody and say, Hey, we got a really cool Christmas concert next Sunday night. We got some treats and goodies and hot drinks. Come, enjoy. Or we invite them to Christmas Eve service. There's countless ways, right? There's endless ways. You and I can be mindful, thoughtful, and insightful about those around us that we can just love on and help in some measurable way that we know it's God's love reaching through our lives. Amen? Accept, experience, share. God's love in new and deeper ways. That is my prayer For you, That's my prayer for me, that God's love would not just be some story in a book tucked away somewhere. It wouldn't be about the songs and it wouldn't be about the movies or it wouldn't be all about the gifts, but it would be about His love that revolutionizes and warms my heart when it's tempted to get cold, that forgives my sin when I'm tempted to fall short, that helps me in my weakness, that is strong when I am not, that heals me where I'm hurt, and then helps me where I'm wrong. His love that is always there for me, the inexhaustible God, love of God, the, the love of God that's wide enough, right? It's wide enough, man. It's wide enough to hold me. God's love that, that's, that's long enough to, to reach me, no matter how far I might try to run, no matter how far I might try to hide, God's love is long enough to reach this broken heart. God's love is high enough Oh, that it keeps me, it keeps me, and it doesn't let me go. God's love that is deep, deep. It ain't shallow. It's not surface, right? Like a lot of our uh, conversations with people sometimes, oh, how you doing? I'm all right. How you? I'm good. Cool. Let's go. Right? No, God's love is deep. It's deep. It's deep because it will sustain you. It will hold you, it will support you, and it won't let you fall. That's the guarantee and the promise of God's love. Wherever you're hurting this year, wherever you feel lonely this year, wherever you feel rejected this year, I know God's talking to somebody in here. Wherever you feel dejected this year, wherever you feel out of place this year, wherever you feel like somebody's somewhere, they don't just they don't get me. Wherever you are, I want to know There's a promise, there's a guarantee, and it's his love. And his love is Jesus. Accept, experience, embrace it.